0: Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. I brought a few things today. It's kinda of like show and tell, you know? Let's see, I gotta get them out of here. Just talk among yourselves there for a moment. Time for bathroom break. If you're online. All right. Okay, that's good. Got that. I got this. Let's see. Yeah. Those are prophetic words over this church. I couldn't bring them all, so I, I brought some of them, and I brought the ancient device that runs about 30 hours of words right here. We're going to listen to them all this morning. (laughs) Oh, here's a compilation from 95, 96. That's good. Might get to that. All right. Good. Everything ready? Turn to Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25. I'm in a series right now. This is number four. Everyone say four. On the prophetic church. This is our desire, this is our passion, to be a church that is prophetic. I believe that the churches that Jesus plants. He wants to be prophetic. And really what that means is a church that is learning how to hear the voice of God through scripture and through everything around us. In Romans 1, it's very clear how nature communicates his divine attributes. You ever thought of that? I mean, you go out in the trees. The Bible says, and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. I mean, it's just amazing. The scripture, how nature comes alive. Everything is breathing and existing because of the word of the Lord when he said, let there be light. Boom, light came on. You know, the angels weren't in the back, like, it's not working, Jesus. <laughs> you know, maybe the breaker broke. I don't know, you know. flipped the breakers or something. And when he speaks... It happens. The Bible says in Hebrews, he framed the world by his words. Did you know even in our lives, worlds are framed by words? What you say builds your tomorrow. Cindy believes it. She just said amen. You believe that, everybody? What you say determines your destination. The Bible says it in James 2 and 3, he talks about the tongue, how that the tongue is like a rudder to your destiny, to your ship, your life. And even though it's, the Bible says, even though it's small, it holds great power. It's a fire. It's like the, this is all in James, it's like the fire from hell. That's a pretty powerful fire. I mean, that your tongue can burn up your life. I'm just going to burn the house down. You can do that with your tongue. <laughs> You can do it by what you say. You can destroy your marriage, you can destroy your kids, you can impair their destiny, you can make them insecure, or you can build them up everywhere you go. You can be somebody who tears a business apart because of behind-the-scenes speaking things, or you can build that business up. Even though you may not benefit from it personally, you do it because it's right, so you speak the Word of God. Words are powerful. We are a prophetic church because we believe that we train people to hear the voice of God and communicate the goodness of God in the ratio that God told us to communicate, which was a year of favor and a day of judgment. We are overladen with prophetic judgment prophets in America. I mean, everything's, it's all, it's all going to hell in a handbasket, you know. And yet Jesus... When he came along, of course, there's always adjustments and things to be said, but he says a year of favor, a day of judgment, that is 365 days of favor, year, and a day of judgment. You know, that almost sounds like God, doesn't? I mean, year of favor, day of judgment. It is a template for our life and our communication. There are times you need to speak hard things. There are times you need to speak difficult things. But according to Ephesians, you learn how to speak the truth in love even that one time. Some of us feel like that's your gift. My gift is criticism. <laughs> and I'm good at it. In fact, I'm thinking some things about you right now. You know, it's like, yeah, well, I don't want to be near you. You know, you want to be near people who are up, who are positive, who are happy. And you go, what do you, would we just leave and live in bliss all the time. Well, why not? There's always bliss busters out there. So we don't have to worry about that. they you know, you will be humbled and you will have difficult, challenging times. But overall, we are living in a year of favor. And we speak out of that favor, favor to other people. So here's a great verse. This came to me years ago and it's quite a popular verse. Now I'd say in the past 20 years, it's a, like a remote verse out of Proverbs 25. And then we're gonna jump to First Thess- Thessalonians 5. Pretty quickly, since I stalled worship so long, it's now interfered with my... My message. But Proverbs twenty-five is this in verse two it says, It is the glory. Now, this word glory in the Hebrew is about abundance of riches. So think about that. So let's just read it that way. It is the abundance of riches of God. Is God rich? Yes, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. So it's it's expansive. He is the original billionaire, trillionaire, and and trillionaire 20x. So it it is the riches of God to conceal a matter. Everyone say, repeat this, I'll say it, and then we'll repeat it together. God likes hide and seek, all right? Let's say that together. God likes hide and seek. Because hide and seek creates hunger, creates passion. If you're hungry, I mean, if you're not, if you're like, if God hides something and conceals something in mystery, you, you could be like, I don't, I don't want to look for it. You know, just tell me where it is. I don't want mystery. I'm married. I know mystery. That's supposed to be funny, but it wasn't. God is mysterious. Because he's God. We're not. And so... It's his glory to hide stuff. So it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings, in other words, the abundance and the riches of kings, is to search out a matter. You know, my, kid, my grandkids, I love it because they, they're just at that age, you know, the, the little ones that are, I don't know, six, four, two, something like that. Uh, Ashley and Jay's little kids. and So I, I, I came up with another game the other day, Hi, find my phone. So I hid my phone, and then from my Apple Watch, I can ding the phone, you know. So I'd hi- I hid it upstairs, you know, under a, a, a chair cushion that's outside of our bedroom, you know. And it was under, so you can hear it. It only beep like three times. And boy, I would, I would push the button, and they'd hear it, and they'd go. Oh. And they're trying to discern, you know, they're triangulating. The, is it on this floor? And they go, where is it, Papa? I, I can't tell you. Come on, tell us where it is. No, so the bodies move in three different directions. They're like, ding it again. You know, no, not yet. And then I ding it again, and they're moving up the steps. They stood right in front of the chair, and I ding it over and over again, and they were going, "Where is it? Where is it?" One of their bottoms was actually scraping the chair where the where the phone was, you know, where is it, where is it? I said, it's very close. In the bedroom? No, it's even closer than that. Out here? They turn around, look at the chair. Where is it? (laughs) I said, I'm not gonna tell you where it is. See, because I'm not being ornery, I'm being like God. (laughs) Hiding something. You gotta be hungry. If you're gonna find it, they eventually found it. You know, and then I hit it somewhere else. So we have fun, you know, tormenting our grandchildren for days at a time, you know. But it's teaching them biblical principles. So God likes, he's a father. He likes to hide stuff. And then he dings something. You go, what was that? Where is it? That is the prophetic. The prophetic is a branch off the revelatory. As a church, we have a value for that. We have a value for searching out God and his stuff, Everyone say stuff. <laughs> Does that cover enough territory? Wimber used to use it all the time in the vineyard movement, doing the stuff, God's stuff, the kingdom of God, you know. Now, look at this verse. Jump with me over the First Thessalonians because it says God hides stuff in mystery. We're to search it out. It's our job to look it up. First Thessalonians 5 says this, and I'm going to, I had a longer passage here, but I'm going to cut it down. Let's go to verse 16. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 rejoice always I mean that's like that, that's the one of the shortest verses in the Bible actually John eleven thirty five. 35 Jesus wept is the shortest according to characters or consonants and vowels this one's a close second though rejoice always what if that's the only thing we had in the Bible what would we do? you know we wouldn't sit around going I just want to know the will of God rejoice I know I get that I've read that but I mean what is God's will for my life? Rejoice. But, but what does that really mean? It means joy redone. Rejoice. Rejoice. But when I do it, what do I do? Rejoice. When I do that, what do I do? Repeat. Rejoice. So he's laying out a life of joy rolling out of our lives. So he says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So we're rejoicing and, and praying... <laughs> without ceasing, and then it says this, it says, in everything give thanks, so always everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I've actually used this verse to give to people when they come and prophesy over me I need to know the will of God you know sometimes the Lord does not speak to you because he already spoke to you and you never sought that one out and so there's a pause right now until you get your understanding back in line with God hope that didn't sound harsh I didn't mean it to be but it's true all right so uh where are we there so look at verse 19 do not quench the spirit or a friend of mine in Louisiana a redneck Louisiana says, don't shoot the dove. Don't quench the fire of God. Literally, it's the same word used about extinguishing a fire. Actually, that word is extinguish in the Greek. So it says, do not extinguish the spirit. <laughs> I've done that. Uh, not again. Do not despise, ignore, or bring to zero Prophecies. So this is interesting. It says, it's coupled this together. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So there's a sense where we've got to learn to discern. We learn to sense what is kind of wood, hay, and stubble. What is gold, silver, and precious stone? And it's okay in the house of the Lord, in the church, it should be safe to experiment in your relationship with God without judgment. We should be able to to learn how to heal the sick by the grace of God without being judged for it. Well, you pray for that person 100 times and they weren't healed. Well, it's kind of the nature of living on this side of heaven, empowering yourself in the very spirit and power that is of heaven. There will be times you hit brick walls. There's many biblical examples of this And sometimes even Jesus prayed for someone and the praying for a blind person. And he said, I see, can you see? He said, I I see, uh, it looks like trees walking. In other words, it wasn't full power yet. So the prayer was released again and boom, it broke it off. They were able to see clearly. So we don't understand. We are learning to discern. We are growing in what God's called us to do. And we're not gonna despise it just because we have a little difficulties or whatever. In fact, I asked myself, I, I actually had a whole other sermon prepared, which I preached to someone out of church yesterday while we were pouring cement. You know, I, I got a chance to practice on someone. Well, I got home tonight. I didn't feel, last night, I didn't feel good about it. Got up this morning and this is what I got. So I want to talk to you about it. Why do we despise the prophetic? Now, I'm speaking to a prophetic church that's 25 years old this fall. Because People, places, and things make us despise it over time. There are weird people that think they're prophetic. I might be one of them. But they're just weird people. I mean, there's weird and there's spiritual weird. Spiritual weird is basically things we don't understand because we haven't experienced it. The other weird uh, needs counseling. So don't be fooled that I'm just gonna go there and act weird and they're gonna make me a prophet. No, we discern that. Dude, you're weird. We don't quite say it that way. I turn him over to Jay. Jay talks with him. It's much much nicer. (laughs) He doesn't say you're weird. (laughs) We need to work with you a while. We see great potential. That's Jay, you know. I'm like, you're weird. Stop weird. But the prophetic can be weird. I mean... I could give you thousands of illustrations on this. I mean, just go to Ezekiel someday and just start reading it and tell me what happened. Just read through it. How that Ezekiel, while in bondage, was by the river Chabar, which means wait a while. He's sitting by the river Chabar when the Holy Spirit came and lifted him up and took him into another place. God does that. And all of a sudden it opened up in front of him, the throne with rainbows and clouds. And in the throne, there were wheels upon wheels upon wheels. And there were living creatures there with, with eyes in their wings where they could see all around. I mean, it sounds like a nightmare. And he's in the presence and power of God, you know. And he's, I, I, I give him credit because he wrote it down. And now that we can read it. So you read that and you go, what God is that? It's Jehovah God. It is Jesus. It is his Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. And if you're latched on to North American, I should say, American religion, you're going to miss the best part of the kingdom of God. It's not about religion. It's not about sitting in a pew or a padded four-inch padded seat on a Sunday morning. It's about the kingdom of God. But he has called us out to be together. Ecclesia is the called out ones. We are ek is out, called out to be a group of people that commune together in order to resolve situations in our culture. That's what the church is. And so the called out ones are called to follow Jesus. We talk about that all the time, you know. Jesus said many things. He said, Call unto, call unto me. He said, uh, 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 follow me he said learn of me all these are key things that jesus said we do those all but do you understand who this is you're following i mean he's not the guy honestly i i love it but he's not the guy on the chosen that's not really jesus he's acting he's a nice guy i think he's a good you know replica of sorts we don't know what he's really like i'm sure he's a great guy but jesus has eyes of fire And a tongue that resembles a sword. And he comes and rides on a white horse. And his best buddy, when he sees him, John, the beloved, falls on his face like a dead man. This is not a high-five moment. I mean, you're you are following the creator of the universe. He's already been to Mars. He created Mars. (laughs) Elon's trying to get there and he's going to find Jesus on Mars. He may be the first convert on Mars, I don't know. So, so he's, he's out there, but this, this God we follow is amazingly different than how we are. There's similarities, but it stops at a very low level. As you press into the Lord, he will say things that you would never have said. And so, you know, early on, I realized some, sometimes the vessel that God uses to speak the word is, is, can be uh, a difficult. You know, I'm sure John the Baptist may have been a bit strange. I mean, all they said is that he was out in the wilderness crying, Behold, Lamb of God! I mean, the, the Pharisees, the religious people, went out there for entertainment they're sitting up there in the hills of popcorn going oh no let's see what he does now I mean, he's going to baptize people he's going to drown those people i mean he's crazy he might forget to bring them back up i mean i don't know what they're thinking but i'm sure they're thinking things like that what's with the wild beard yes we're all jews we have our beard but keep the thing quaffed you know so that it looks decent i mean it's so ridiculous it's, just, it's it looks like it's out there you know and that crazy look in his eyes and locusts and wild honey i don't even know what that's all about be and he's crying, a voice crying in the wilderness, you know. And everyone could easily, easily say, e- you know, that's really not the kind of church I want to hang out in. I-, I like what John represents, but you know, he's kind of lower class. He's, you know, he's just, you know, I don't think he's been trained properly. I heard he's related to Jesus. Well, I have problems with Jesus too, but John is just like bizarre. And then you hear Jesus say, there's, there's no greater prophet that ever lived than John. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you go, oh, hey, John. <laughs> Love you, man. Love that beard deal going on. The honey in it and everything, it's great. You know, once you find out that Jesus loves the person, then you're, you're obligated to forgive them of being human. But I've had many, I've had many prophets over the years come to me. I remember mean, I was in Canada and a guy named Kevin came. Oddly enough, Kevin guy named Kevin came. I told you the story many times, but I was contemplating moving to Arizona. I'd been to Canada for a year. And I, I found out something really big while I was there. It's really cold and foggy. We didn't even have a summer the first summer. And so I'm... And then at that time, I get a call from a friend in Arizona with a church of 600, and he said, hey, you need to come out here and check this out. I went out there and checked it out. They loved me. They, you know, said, let's do it, man. Come here. You know, this whole building. is paid off. Beautiful part of Mesa, you know, Arizona. I mean, I'm thinking future, 126 degrees. I mean, it's just sunny. Everyone has a pool in their backyard. I'm hearing from God. That's the Lord. That wouldn't be the devil. Why would the devil give that to me? And so in my mind, I was already into it. Cindy, not so much, my wife. And so we were having a little debate on it. I, say, I think that could be delicious. I'm not too sure about that, you know. And so we're going back and forth. And all of a sudden, this guy shows up Sunday morning, and he's sweeping. We were meeting in a gymnasium in Canada at that time. And he's sweeping. He's a guest. I've never met him before, and I don't know who he is. Kind of a Hispanic guy. And he comes in, and he's sweeping the floor. And it's odd for a visitor to do that. Although, if you want to stay after today as a visitor and help, you're welcome to help us, but <laughs> he's sweeping the floor, and I'm like, who is that guy over there? And I'm like, I don't know. I think he's related to one of our members, but I don't know. He's some guy visiting in town. So I go over to him, being a good pastor, you know, planning a church, trying to make friends, make everything right, and uh, remember, this is all about why we despise prophecy. And so I, I said, hey, what's your name? He says, Kevin. And he looks at me with this creepy way, you know. You know how some prophets do that? They're kind of like, I said, "Well, what are you sweeping the floor for?" He says, "Because the Lord told me to." I thought, "Okay." I've met these people before. This is a little weird. I said, "You're a visitor. We've got people to sweep the floor. Don't worry about it." He goes, "No, I have to do it." He said, "By the way, the Lord told me to tell me tell you that if you do what you think you want to do, it will be hell on earth." I said, "You want to come over for lunch?" so I brought him over for lunch Cindy's cooking in the kitchen and I'm chatting with him and he's telling me stuff and I'm just like you know I, I haven't talked to Cindy about this yet just let's just keep it you know on the on the down low here a little bit let's just So what, what was it about and he goes I don't know I don't know what it was but there's something that you've decided in your mind that you're gonna do and it is not the right thing I'm like, oh you know I already bought the t-shirt man I was like deep into this you know and then Cindy walks out of the kitchen. He says, he did something that he shouldn't have done. You don't do this. It's not protocol to do this. He said, Cindy, then Steve tell you the word I had? I said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she said, what? He said, I told him that whatever it is that he's wanting to do right now, if he does it, it will be hell on earth. And she just kind of looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> the short story is, We spent 10 more years in Canada. And the church that I was going to that was paid off of 600 people broke up within six months. It had a horrible situation that happened there and broke up. I would have been there right in the middle of it. So I now understand that the package is not always perfect. And in this church, it will be messy sometimes. People you wouldn't pick some reason, God does not run it by us sometimes. I'd like him to say, hey, there's a guest prophet coming today. Just give him the honor due to a prophet. Oh, okay, good. But then it's not the way it happens. Within our church even, people emerge where you're like, I'm not really sure that's their gift, I don't know. But then they come up with, I could tell you people, but I don't want to embarrass them. There's people here that, that give words that kind of do not fit the prophetic prototype whatever that is it's a cultural thing well they're like this you know and they got anger in their eyes or whatever it is I mean I grew up in a church where where when prophets came in town everyone sat there like don't call on me don't call on me because I know he's going to point sin out in my life you know and so you know and then I got into a culture that was totally different and and Holy Spirit, you know, George Banoff kind of a thing, and, you know, just the liberty and freedom of being in the presence of God, and it it changes your dynamic, and you begin to realize, I know this sounds so elementary, God can use anybody. Did you know he can even use people you don't like? Don't look around. He can use somebody that has no authority in your life. He can use... Your children. My two oldest girls followed me down the steps once after an argument with my wife in Canada. They were just little kids like I don't know, six and four, four and two, I don't know what they were. But they followed me down the steps. Cindy and I had a little argument, we're not talking right now, you know, go to your corners. Some down there and they came down and just sat across from me, you know. I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh good. Well someone's on my side. The two girls. They said, Dad, my oldest one said, Dad, you know you need to straighten this out with Mom. Go upstairs with your mother, please. Get thee behind me. Now, you begin to realize it out of the mouths of babes. (laughs) He uses nature. I mean, we love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. The Word of God, the logos, the very establishment of what it is. But He speaks out of everything in your life, and we want to be a church that's attentive to that. That there are mysteries hidden in every day you live, every day you live. For a couple weeks now, we're a couple months actually. I was with some friends in the fall. And we got to a place on a golf course. I don't play with these guys that regular, but I, you know, they're all better golfers than I am, which doesn't take a lot. But anyway, and, and we're out there, and my friend pulls out this this little rangefinder scope, you know, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, we're 152 yards out, and I probably need to use my uh, probably my seven iron." Okay, you know, and I, like, well, well, let me look at that. So I look through it, and I'm like, "Wow, I need that. That would radically change my game." if I had one of those and so I just kind of tucked in my head and then I went and looked at them you know they're three four hundred dollars and I thought I don't need that <laughs> my game is not that I mean I uh, I'm, not, I'm not that desperate yet that I'm going to have to get something like that you know so so anyway I'm out playing with some hydrating humanity guys because we had a board meeting the other day with guys that dig wells and I looked over there I got off my cart and look what was laying right there in the uh, in the uh, rough where I'd hit my ball was this rangefinder? It's kind of cool. I don't even know how to use it. I put it up like this, like binoculars. And I, wait, that doesn't look right. Oh, oh it goes like this. And then I put it on here, and I thought, oh wait, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second yard is 12 yards, 12 yards away. It tells me I can put this on a flag, and and uh, get the exact distance. And it'll even tell me sloping, whether it's sloping down, up, and what degree, because that'll help me apparently so and some of them the more expensive ones will actually recommend a club for you to use in that situation somehow it learns what you're how bad you are and then it helps you out you know so so you know I I got this thing home you know we went to the clubhouse make sure you know did anyone report this nothing so you know if if if, uh, someone turns up and they're missing this they're going to call me but anyway it's kind of cool so I spent you know an hour playing with it out back, my neighbor is 200 yards away. <laughs> you know, the Baptist church is 320 yards away. You know, I was just having fun with it. Like, you know, I need to learn how to use it. And so I'm using it and looking around. And, and I thought, well, well, that's neat. Thank you, Lord. And I, I got up the next morning and instantly the Lord spoke to me. And he says, you know how you've been praying for long-range vision? I said, Yeah. He said, "Now you want to know what you need to do now in order to get to where you want to go? Yeah, yeah. There it is right there. I thought, Lord, I actually thought, you know, this would be a great prophetic tool. I could just go into churches and go, hey, that lady with the green top on there, who's 22 yards away, I got a word for you. I can see into your future. 300 yards away from where God wants to take you. And if you want to get there quicker, you need to pull out your, your five iron. And so the Lord said, he would show me what I need to get to where I need to go. Now you would say, why didn't he just give you a dream? Like, what? well, because he, he mixes my world up. He knew I wanted one of these, so hey, yeah, you know what we could do? I don't know how the angels have these meetings and they talk about it. What are we going to do with Steve Witt? I mean, you know, it's probably long meetings. And they go, let's give him that rangefinder he wanted, and maybe prophetically he'll discern what we're saying. And they're probably all like, oh, let's do it. That's awesome. See, that's the way I think heaven operates. And so they're up there. When I picked it up, they were like high-fiving one another. Like, woo, let's move on to the next problem. We solved that. I went to bed that night, and they said, did he get it? Did he get it? He hasn't got it yet. Okay. Give him something so he figures it out by morning, you know. And by morning, so I got up, I had epiphany, and I thought, oh, uh By the way, the battery died. I had to go buy a new battery. It's a special battery. The Lord even spoke to me about that. Now, I know when I'm sharing this, I'm hesitant to share it because it sounds weird. I understand that. But I'm telling you, God weaves his word into your life. You got to be careful not to despise something like this. Because if you do, you are cutting yourself off from a massive amount of the kingdom of God that God wants for you. It may not come in the package you want. I I say things to people all the time and I know it's out there on on the edge. In fact, I've learned how to not share with certain people about it because it could get really weird, you know. Are you waving to me for a reason? Okay, good. So it it could get really weird for a reason. And so you... You learn how to discern and sometimes keep it to yourself, but sometimes share it with those who are open. I had someone just the other day say, <laughs> I shared something and they said, "Do you, did you believe that that was God speaking to you? I said, uh, maybe. <laughs> yes, because he speaks to me every day. I get up in the morning and I go, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in you. It's the first thing that comes to my mind every morning. I don't think about it. It just pops up. And so, I just, Lord, I, I give this day to you. Lord, show me, teach me. Well, everyone I meet with, I was with Andre the other day, who I talked about earlier, and, and just talking with Andre, I'm an external processor. Uh, and when I talk with people, I learn things. Whether I'm saying it, they're saying it. Because sometimes I realize, oh, I talk myself into Revelation. I talked myself into understanding. I mean, I had this Montana thing a month ago, which I did tell you. A friend of mine invited me to go on a fishing trip, all expenses paid, in Montana. Montana is the only state I've not been to in the United States, so it perked my interest. It's a bucket list item, and I thought, oh, it's interesting, you know. Actually, that week was when I was preaching on mountains that the church is the mountain of the Lord, it's something we ascend on Sunday. And, uh, and amazing things happen around that. And I preached about that, you know. So Montana pops up, and there's all this detail about Montana. I'm leaving next Monday. It's a, like a five-day trip uh, up there, and we're going to fish, and it's a bunch of pastors. It's a retreat thing. Some organization pays for all, all of it. I'm going with a friend of mine, so it's going to be one of those moments. But when it unpacked the next morning, the next, mo- the next day about 1 o'clock actually, A friend of mine, Facebook friend of mine, which I said about a month ago, Facebook friend of mine from New York, texts me and said, is there something going on between you and Montana? Now, I haven't talked about Montana in 10 years. I don't even know, I don't have any reason to talk about Montana. The day before I get invited to Montana, the next day, a Facebook friend, which we know is a lower level friend. (laughs) I've never met the guy. I don't know who he is. But I say that sarcastically, but he's, I'm sure he's a good friend, Facebook friend, uh, social media friend. But he calls me, he says, my wife had a dream last night. She's telling me about it. Then we came uh, to lunch today. We have friends moving to Montana. And he said, uh, and they were showing me pictures of Montana. When they did, as they were doing that, my phone buzzed. I pulled my phone out, looked at it, and it said, Steve Witt, call from Steve Witt, which he does not have my number. I do not have his number. Steve Witt, Billings, Montana. He said, I just felt like I need to call you and tell you something's going on in Montana that you need to be a part of. I said, well, actually, I was invited yesterday to a fishing trip. He's like, oh, I mean, you know how prophetic people are. This is God. I said, I haven't quite discerned that yet, but it sounds like it's heading in that direction, you know. Anyway, boom, 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 over and over again. He called the number. Of course, the number doesn't exist. There is a Steve Witt in Billings, Montana. I didn't know that I was going to Billings. I called up to see from the guy, where are we flying into? He said, Billings, Montana. I'm like, okay. And then a week later, so there's a bunch of Montana things happening a couple days. A week later, is Brian Guerin's here, you know, the prophetic guy who's here. Brian Guerin gets up there. He's speaking. You remember he kind of did his little dance like he was like, oh, oh. Well, I had this friend who had like a a revelation that he was in Montana. And I'm there like, Montana? He said he was standing on the U.S.-Canadian border. And I'm like, you know, half my family's Canadian, the other half are American. So I'm like, okay. And he said, and you know what happened? Like, I don't know even how this applied to his message that he was speaking. I felt like I was ushered into a private room with Brian Guerin, and he's speaking into my life. What you're hearing is me, and you better be attentive to it. So he said, you know what happened of course i'm like you know everyone else is like it's a story whatever happened happened you know i'm like what happened and he said he opened his mouth this friend of mine and pure gold poured into his mouth i'm like i'm going to montana (laughs) pure gold's gonna be poured into my mouth i don't even know what that means but it sounds good it sounds good so i'm still walking out this parable that starts actually next monday when i go to montana and I don't know, I've been in these things before and sometimes it's it's climatic It's just something that God was speaking to me. I don't know if it was like a test or whatever, but I'll let you know when I get back. But the point is that I go in and out of these things all the time. I really do believe this is a rhythm of the spirit life that I'm being invited into and I wanna invite you into it. You know why? Because the whole church needs to become weird in that way. We are not despising the voice of the Lord saying, I don't like the people that are giving it. I don't like how they're giving it. I don't like where they're giving it. And I don't like what time they're giving it. And it needs to be the right person, right time, right place, right time. I said that twice. Anyway, that doesn't happen. It's just you're moving through life and all of a sudden, boom, it just takes off. So this church was seated with the prophetic. I got to wrap this up quick. Was seated in the prophetic. We have stacks uh, here and on my phone and I'm on this thing and other tape recorders I have over the past 40 years. I've got, I've got prophetic words that were spoken, but specifically 95, 96, before we started this church in 1996, there was a cluster of revelation that came forth over and over again through December 95, and through March of 96 on the other side of the city that pointed to what God was going to do in this church, much of which has not happened yet 25 years later. So I started steering back about two months ago. The Lord Lord lovingly rebuked me and said, you've drifted from the prophetic and it is your gift. So I said, okay, what do I need to do? And he started telling me, interrupt worship services, get up and prophesy over people. You have a prophesy of the church? So I started doing it about a month ago. And since we did that, I felt a, an absolute turn in the term. I'll say it because of this. If you use binoculars, you know, you're, you're going for the focus. You keep turning the dial. What I was doing is I was turning a dial that brought us back into perspective and understanding. We are a prophetic church. We are called to be a prophetic church. We are called to be transformed in the presence of God by the word of God in his Bible and what he speaks to us on a daily basis. And we're to speak it to others. We're to become prophetic so that we can go out and turn this prophetic city upside down. Hallelujah. So um, I was listening the other day and I'll close with this. Cindy, text Middleburg and tell him I'm running a little late again. So I want to give you a sample of this, because I want, I want you to feel either judgment or approval rising in your heart. You don't have to raise your hand and tell me what it is. But this was a significant word in 1995, April, 1995, a year and two months before I moved here, way before I ever thought I was going to move back here, because I started here, left in '86 came back in 96 the lord called me to go there for 10 years to canada he'd pour out revival in canada and i'd be a part of it and that exactly happened it took eight years but it happened and so i'm in the middle of that amazing revival spilling out going to 30 nations in the world preaching to thousands of people and i heard a noise so so Process, and you want to see them conform to the image of Jesus Christ, and you want to see how to grow sinew upon sinew and put upon that bone all the structure and all that's necessary. And you want more than just a flow and just a show, you want something that's going to grow continually and be a revelation of the character and nature of Christ. And I'm going to bring revelation and application in those areas, saith God. So fear not, oh man of God, I'm going before you, and already I'm getting ready to make that geographical move and that new location that's coming down the road. So God, a new headquartering, a new alignment, even whether it's a few miles or millions of miles or days or weeks, it doesn't make any difference. Don't we'll try to figure it out. Just be ready to flow and go when I say so, saith the Lord. Because you're my minute man, ready to move and charge in when it's time, saith God. And I'm teaching you timing, I'm teaching you sensitivity, and I'm taking away your security in the future so I'm giving you security in the spiritual. I'm taking away your own abilities to. He's spitting on me that whole time. It's powerful. Urshay, Bill Hammond, powerful. like I have four prophetic words from him. Bang on, it's like he was living in my house. He knew what was going on. He wasn't sweeping the floor, but he's a prophet speaking. This church, I could go through all these, was birthed in that. In fact, I learned for the first time the other day, I was listening to James Gall when he prophesied over me in the month, in March of 96. He said, you're to come back for restoration. And I knew what that meant. It was restoration with my original church that I planted here. And he said, and also to deliver fire. That's the part I miss. Let's all stand together if we could. So the next month or so, we're gonna do leaning into that. We're Leaning into the prophetic, even on Father's Day. There's gonna be more prophetic stuff happening. We are anticipating more in the spirit that God is bringing such a prophetic canopy over this place that you will walk in the door. I prophesy this over you right now. You will walk in the door on the days ahead on Sunday mornings and you will feel direction in your life. You will get understanding. Some of you will be contemplating things with business or whatever. Clarity will come and timing will come. And if the timing is farther away than you like, you're going to feel patience rising up in your heart and perseverance. And if it's closer than you think, you're gonna get excited about it, like woohoo! It's happening right away. God's doing this. He wants to stir your hearts, He wants to change our hearts, get us into being another man or woman that He can release into the purposes of God, that everywhere we go around this city, we will hear words from the Lord for everyone we come in contact with. And He will release that word, and you will form worlds with your words you will speak into formless voids and you will speak a framework into lives where people know not what to do i just saw the news this morning a man from alabama pastor who was having some mental challenges and difficulties wrote a book has a great blog has lots of people following him just committed suicide the other day when I looked at a chain came out showing another man, a pastor who'd committed suicide, I thought there's people at the highest levels spiritually that are hurting out there right now. They need you. They need Jesus in you. So I just speak over right now. If you're, say, if you're in on this, if you say, and I'm not gonna look because I don't wanna know who's not in. But if you say, I'm, I wanna go deeper in, in understanding the voice of the Lord in my life. Just kind of hold your hands out, palms up right now. I'm going to pray, and then Jade's going to come over and lead us here in just a minute. Okay, Lord, I pray right now. I release something, Lord. This is the beginning. We are in a month right now of May, June, this segment of time, Lord, where you're releasing something in the spirit powerful. You are realigning us. You're readjusting us. You're bringing us back into focus. We receive it in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, for prophetic anointing. I asked the Lord the training to follow up after this. And there'd be an amazing amount of a release of training and clarity. You know, when the Holy Spirit hit Kansas City back in 89, everyone was prophesying in this church that's now known as IHOP, Forerunner Church. Bob Jones said that 55,000 people came for prophetic words the first year from all over the world because they knew it was a spot where people could hear from God. I believe this soil on this property that Bob Jones prophesied over is a place where people will come from around the world to this spot. And so, Lord, I speak that this congregation will rise up as militant prophetic warriors for your purpose, Lord. We bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good, ahead,
1: I felt like there was an invitation heavy in the room to find your prophetic voice. So if you want to rediscover your voice, would you just put your your hand over your throat? Just kind of gently, don't squeeze too hard, okay? man, there's been so many dreams about this pressure on, on the voice and trying to get our voices out. And I just feel like the Lord is wanting to release it in you this morning. Father God, thank you. Holy Spirit, would you release the prophetic voice in each person in the room today? Would you Would you release their voice again if it's been tamed or held down or burdened by the opinions of the people around them or from fear of failure or from fear of looking weird? Anything that holds them back from saying what you put into their heart to say father i pray that there would be courage rising up in their spirit man right now that there would be a release of their prophetic voice so as an activation just take your hand off your throat and toss it up into the air God, we give it up, and as we toss it up to you, we know, Holy Spirit, that you're going to bring the word down. Father, I just speak over each person in this room today that if you have surrendered your prophetic voice, the Lord is saying it is time to pick it up again. If you've laid that weapon down in your arsenal, the Lord's saying the time has come for you to raise it up again, because there's important things that you need to say in the lives of people around you that's going to affect. It's a hinge. I felt like the Lord was saying that there's some of you even here this morning that your voice, your prophetic prophetic voice is the hinge on someone's eternity that if you don't say it that if you don't speak it out it's going to affect not just the rest of their life but the rest of their eternity so father i thank you thank you for that my man in the black hat right there with the blue lettering on it right there. I just felt yes you. (laughs) If you guys don't mind stretching a hand out towards him right now. I felt like the Lord said that there is a heavy anointing on this in your life. That there is a influential and weighty voice on you. And that you have it's been buried. It's been held down by discouragement and, and, and heaviness. And there have been significant people in your life who have let you down and said that you'll never amount to anything. That that voice won't rise up again. And you felt like it was dead and in the ground. But I feel like the Lord is saying, "Now, son, is the time that the word is going to be made manifest in your life. That there is a word on you. There's an anointing on you to release the promises and presence of God that's unique and different." So, Father, we break off discouragement in Jesus' name. Come on, give give God some praise this morning. Is it okay? Can I have a couple more minutes of your time? I feel like there's an anointing for this right now. Let's dive into this. Donna Henson. If you guys don't mind stretching a hand out towards Donna Henson right now. Father, God, we just bless that anointing in her for the breaking off of cancer off of everyone else. We speak that there is, that you said that God was looking at you through the lattice, that he was looking at you into your DNA. And I just prophesy over you right now that the Lord is saying a book is inside of you. There is a message inside of you that's gonna release freedom over people, that there is going to be healing and deliverance from cancer when you lift up your voice. And so, Father, I pray a wall of protection around her and Joey and around all of her children right now. God, I pray that there would be um, crazy words that she would hear, not just new songs, not just book ideas, but God, anointing ideas, things about what you're gonna release in her life, that when she lays hands on the sick, that cancer is gonna run for the hills. In Jesus' name. Mm. Where's Dylan? Is Dylan here today? There he is. You guys stretch your hand out towards Dylan right now. Dylan, I I saw you on stage in a picture yesterday here at the conference with Vaughn and Sherry. I think it was you. But um, I felt like the Lord was saying that you told me that there was uh, a desire in your heart to speak. And I feel like the Lord is putting, I saw a red hot iron coal. He put it on your chest and he branded you. And in that branding was the name of Jesus literally branded and written on your heart and your chest. And then I saw a ribbon of words coming out of your mouth. Man, there is a strong anointing on you. There's a strong anointing to speak out the prophetic word of the Lord. Lord. And I feel like the Lord is going to start to deliver messages in you and that there's going to be a, an emergence of you as, as a voice that heaven comes when you speak and just speak that in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. Let's make this, uh, this kind of weird and new normal. Yeah. Is that okay? So, Hey, most important thing of today though, if you're new here, you don't know Jesus. Would you like to meet him? (laughs) Would you like to meet him? Would you like to give him your heart today? If that's you, would you just put your right hand up? We want to pray with you. Even online, you're watching. Um, somebody's watching right now, and you uh, you felt such heavy discouragement that when, when Pastor Steve was talking about that pastor who committed suicide, you've actually been having suicidal thoughts. And I want to tell you that there's actually a promise and destiny on your future. That you're watching, you're going to scroll in just a second here. No, I'm talking to you. God is speaking to you about your future. There is life in your future. There is destiny in your future, but yeah, so if you're giving your heart to Jesus, you, you jump in too. All right, so hand up if you're giving your heart to Jesus this morning. Maybe you need to re-gift it. We have like a rejoice. Maybe you need to re-gift it to him. If you'd like to re-gift it to him this morning, put your hand up and I'll pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we surrender our lives. I surrender my life. Everything I carry, everything I am, Lord, It's it, the very breath in my lungs is a gift from you. And I surrender that gift up to you this morning. I lay my whole life down wholeheartedly and completely. I surrender to you. I surrender to your wills and your way and your righteousness. And I bow before the King for the rest of my life. I make this vow that I will belong to Jesus. If you just prayed that prayer, you text that name and email it so that I have decided. And if you also prayed that prayer, please touch base with Angela and Ken Weber up here. They'd love to pray for you. I'm gonna bless you. I know it's a long marathon. Are you guys okay? Roll your shoulders back. Let's receive the last blessing here, okay? Bethel Cleveland, in the name of Jesus, I bless you that your prophetic voice would be released. Um, unashamedly, unrelenting, and in scary, weird ways so that the Lord would speak to you and that as you go out of this place, you'd be charged up with the promises of God and that you would actually not just listen to what he says, but to speak it out and that you'd come next week with testimonies and renewed uh, vigor for that God can speak to you. In Jesus' name, amen.